Welcome to the Embrace Church podcast. We exist as a church to relentlessly reach the next person for Jesus. Wherever you're at today, we hope this message encourages you. Let's jump in. Back in 1770, a man named Johann Scherfer made the outrageous claim that he had the ability to bring out spirits into a room. Like supposedly he had the ability to conjure up spirits, some spirits that were good, some spirits that were bad, some that were neutral. And so Johan would would have these shows where crowds of people would show up and they would be in awe, awe of the fact that they could see and interact with and talk with the dead. Well, as a result, people would pay him thousands of dollars. One place I read this week said that Johann was paid millions of dollars just so the people could see these spirits. Well, as it turns out, it was all a scam, the whole thing. Like there weren't any spirits in the room whatsoever. Fast forward to the 19th century, magicians began to copy the work of Johan in their magic show, and they created what is now known as this illusion called smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors. If we don't know, smoke and mirrors is an illusion where a hidden projector is used, and from the projector comes a beam of light which bounces off of mirrors into smoke, and when the, when the light bounces into the smoke, it creates an image that appears to be real. It appears like something is there. It appears like it is true, but the truth is it is all just an illusion. Instead, it is all just smoke and mirrors. Fun fact about Mr. Johan back in the 1700s, inside of the smoke, he included vaporized drugs in it as well. It was like an old school Snoop Dogg concert, you know? No kidding, you can't make this stuff up. The people, they wouldn't have just been seeing things, they also would have been feeling things, you know? Uh, They would have been high as the kite. Fast forward, though, to the year 1975. In 1975, this phrase, smoke and mirrors, it became a part of our vocabulary when a writer used it for the very first time talking about politicians, and here is what he said. All political power is primarily an illusion. Mirrors and blue smoke, beautiful blue smoke rolling over the surface of highly polished mirrors. This writer was talking about the Watergate scandal. Okay, so this phrase, smoke and mirrors, what does it mean? Just to make sure we're all on the same page. Smoke and mirrors is something that appears to be impressive and true, but it is an illusion. Again, for the sake of our series, just to make sure we're on the same page. What is smoke and mirrors? It's something that appears to be impressive and true, but it is an illusion. And so this phrase, it started with a con man, right? And then it went into magic, and then you were able to see it in politicians. But unfortunately, the truth is you can also see it in every part of our lives as well, in every part of your life and in every part of my life. And this brings us to our brand new series today. Just really quick, I just want to welcome everyone here to Embrace. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here, and I I cannot express it enough. We are overjoyed that you have come. If you've been at Embrace for a long time, we are honored that this church is your home. We don't take that lightly as all. If you're coming for one of your first few times, I know for me, anytime I go somewhere for the first time, it's awkward and uncomfortable. I think it's a sign of old age. I don't like going anywhere for the first time anymore, but if that's you, know that we've 
men specifically have been praying that this place would somehow, some way feel like home. And again, we are so honored that you are here. So again, today we are kicking off this series called Smoke and Mirrors. And why are we doing so? Because so often you and I, we try to give the illusion that our lives are great and perfect when it's just not the reality. So often, you and I, we try to make it look like our our marriage and our family and our career and our our private lives, even our relationship with Jesus, we try to make them look impressive and true, but so often, it's just an illusion. So often, even for you and me, it's all just smoke and mirrors. So throughout this series, we're going to be looking at several different areas of our lives, but today, I want to start... By, by looking at our friendships. Again, we're going to be talking about different areas of our lives throughout this series, but today we're going to focus in on these close relationships. We're going to focus in on our friendships. If you've never noticed it before, I would strongly argue that you and I, we have a lot of smoke and mirrors, specifically when it comes to these relationships. Like seriously, one glance at Instagram, and it is crystal clear that all of you have so many friends. You just have a lot of friends. Like I think about your your lake pictures that you posted over summer, you and your friends out on the boat. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but you just have so many friends. And I think about girls night out and you guys going to the concert and you're taking a, a picture before the concert. By the way, did the concert even happen if you don't have a picture of it? Again, you have so many friends. And then on your birthdays, hundreds of people Hundreds of your Facebook friends will wish you a happy birthday. And again, you just have so many friends. Even away from online, though, I just think about you hanging out with the guys on fantasy football draft night. And you had friends over on Friday night, and you're golfing with your buddies, and you're grabbing starbs with your besties. And even you're, you're a part of even a church family here. Just to say it one more time, I don't want to make you blush. You just have so many friends. But do you? Do you? Like, is it real? At first glance, it's super impressive as I scroll through your Instagram, but is it real? Is it, re- is it reality or is it just an illusion? Like, what's real and what's not? Friends, let me just tell you what's reality. Seriously, for so many of you, the reality is no one knows you. What's reality right now? You have dreams, you have, you, have, you have fears, you have worries, you have goals, and not another person knows about them. What's reality? Right now you're struggling with something, an addiction, your, your marriage is struggling, you're worried about your kids, you're overwhelmed, constantly overwhelmed, and you're, you're easily irritated, and yet you don't have a single person that you can call and ask to pray for you. What's reality? You're going through this time and you're wondering if it's ever going to come to an end. If the truth is, you don't have anybody you can share it with. You have hundreds of Facebook friends and so many people know you and you know so many people. And yet the reality is many of you, many of us are so incredibly lonely. We're lonely. No kidding, I don't need a stat to show me how how loneliness is prevalent. I don't need a stat to show me the arc of how much loneliness has increased over the last few years. Why don't I need a stat? Because I see it inside of all of you almost every single day. I don't need a stat because this week alone, it was right before my eyes. 
people struggling, people overwhelmed, people who feel totally lonely. All these friendships, all these close relationships for so many of us, if not most of us, it's all just smoke and mirrors. And so we have this gap, right? We have this gap that exists between what we portray and what's real. This gap between our social media life and even our social life and what's reality. But why do we have this gap? Like, why is it there in the first place? I think there's a bunch of different reasons. And really, I think for many of us, this gap is unintentional. Like, we don't want this gap, but friendships are just really, really hard, aren't they? No kidding, life is busy and you're, you're shuttle busing your kids around and most days it just feels like you're trying to keep the kids alive. You're just trying to keep the plates all spinning and the friends that you did have, well, things have changed, you know? Not even bad things. They got married, they had kids, they had grandkids or maybe you did or maybe there was a riff, like there was this awkward night or conversation and you just never dealt with it and so things just have changed. And now the people who are around you at work and on your block, they're constantly changing and moving and switching jobs. And so it's just like, what's the point? Again, friendships are just really, really hard. And so I think for most of us, it's unintentional that we have this gap. But I think another main reason it's there is because we're scared. We're scared to share how we're really doing. We're scared to get honest. We're scared to put ourselves out there. We're, we're scared of getting hurt. When it comes to our friendships, why do we have this gap? Because we don't trust people. Why? Because we don't want to get burned yet again. Why? Because we're introverts. Why? Because we're anxious. Why? Because we're just busy and we're not really sure when that's ever going to end, maybe like next year or 10 years from now. Once again, there are so many reasons for this gap, but here's the deal. This isn't good. Like, it's not a good thing at all. We need deep friendships in our lives. We need. It's not, it's not optional. Study after study will tell you that loneliness impacts us emotionally and mentally. My friend Jason Van Ruler is an amazing therapist, literally in my eyes. He's one of the best therapists in the country right now. And time and time again, Jason will say this to me. If people just had friends, I'd be out of work. And he's being honest. It strikes me every single time. If people just had friends, I'd be out of a job. Again, every time it hits me, but hear this loneliness, it doesn't just impact us mentally and emotionally. It impacts us physically as well. Look at this headline. According to the National Institute of Aging, prolonged social isolation and loneliness are equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Thankfully for me, I was a part of the smoke-free class of 2000, 2000, 2000, 2000. And so me and my classmates, we have never even thought about smoking anything a day in our lives, okay? Actually, I think the marketing campaign backfired because I think we had actually more smokers in our class than the other class but who's counting, okay? Truly though, we need deep connections with our friends. More than any stat though, Listen to this. One of the very first things that God tells us in the book of Genesis, we're told that God created us, that he made us in his image, that we are, we are, we are, we are good. And then, then God says this, it is not good for man to be 
alone. Let me, let me translate this for you. It is not good for you and me to be alone. I wish I could put your first name in there because still I feel like you're kind of ducking me a little bit. It is not good for to be alone. Don't miss this. From the very beginning of time, since we've been created, God created us, and he, and he hardwired all of us to be in relationships, close friendships with other people. Like, it's in our, it's in our bones. Like, it's how we're wired. It's like not a, something you pick or choose. It's in our DNA. It's how we were made. We were not meant. And it is not good for us to be alone. Right now, I'm reading a brand new book from one of my favorite professors at Asbury Seminary, and Steve shares this. Just as God exists within relationships, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are fully human persons only in community. Created in God's image, human beings are unique in the created order. They're, they're unique in everything else that God created in that we are capable of genuine relationships. This one phrase specifically just caught my attention. We are fully human persons only in community. On our own, we are not whole. On our own, we are not fully human. That's powerful. On your own, you're not fully human. Well, yes, I am, Adam. The, The physical is all here you haven't realized yet, there's a whole lot more than just the physical to us. On our own, we are not fully human. Friends, no matter who you are, no matter how much or little you have, old, young, educated, not educated, or how independent you think you are for your sake and mine, emotionally and physically and spiritually and mentally, it is so important to close this gap that exists between what we portray and what's real, between the smoke and mirrors and what is our reality. And so how do we do this, right? How do we begin to, to push back the illusion? How do we begin to, to get rid of the smoke and mirrors? Well, today I want to keep things really, really straightforward. The first thing that I'll, I want us to hold on to, I want us to remember, if we want to get rid of the smoke and mirrors, you need to admit you're lonely. Again, if you want to take a step towards getting, the, or getting rid of the illusion, you have to admit you're lonely. To who? Well, a good place to start, to yourself, You need to admit to you that you're lonely. You are. To yourself. But Adam, I can just feel it right now. Adam, I'm surrounded by people 24-7. You know, I I got work and people asking things of me there. And then I get home and these gremlins, they never leave me alone. You know, it's like people are constantly surrounded by me. How can you say that I'm I'm lonely? That's not the question. I'm not asking, are you surrounded by people? That's, That's not what I'm, are you lonely? surrounded by people 24-7. That's great. Does anybody know what's going on in here? All kinds of people. I'm annoyed by people. I just want to, does anybody know what's going on in here? Do you have close relationships? Do you have deep friendships with other human beings? Seriously, if the, if the answer is, is yes, you're, you're, you're lonely. You need to tell yourself. You need to like communicate it to you. I'm lonely. I am. That's, that's, that's actually what's inside of me. And not just to you, but also to God. Lord, I'm, I'm lonely right now. This is the place that I am at. Now, I could be wrong, but specifically for men, I think this is a 
super hard thing for us to admit. Like no joke, as dudes, we'd rather tell another guy that we're struggling with porn than saying we're lonely. That we've robbed 10 banks, that we've done whatever else. It's like, I'll tell you anything before I tell you that I'm lonely. And just to speak for the, for the, to, the, to the men for a second, you might say, Adam, but I'm not lonely. I actually have time with guys and we talk all the time. My question back, what do you talk about? We talk about football. Okay, like anything more intelligent, men? No, we talk about work and we talk about goals and we talk about podcasts and leadership stuff. Some of you, we talk about when we're gonna take the crops out this fall. My response, that's great. But does anybody know you're struggling with depression right now? Oh, we talk about football. Okay, that's awesome. Does anybody know that your wife's about to leave your butt? Oh, we talk about this. We talk about work and goals because work and goals is important. Does anybody know that you're trying to stop drinking and you've tried so many times and you stopped counting? Oh, we're talking about, like, we talk about that guy stuff. Does anybody know you don't want to be alive anymore? Does anybody know about your anger? And you're just like, why am I yelling curse words at the top of my lungs in a car? Friends, all of us, guys, gals, men, women, just to be so direct, it can feel super embarrassing to admit that we're lonely, but the truth is so many of us are. And why is it so important to admit we're lonely? Thank you, Pastor, for this cute exercise, whatever, fluffy fairy tales. Why is it so important? Because until we come to terms with the fact that we are lonely, we won't do anything about it. Maybe it's this over here. No, I'm actually lonely. Well, maybe it's over here. No, I'm pretty sure you're lonely. When we start to admit we're lonely to ourselves, to God, it starts to get rid of the smoke and mirrors in our lives. Once again, one of the very first things God tells us, it is not good for man. It's not good for humans. It's not good for people with souls. It's not good for you to be alone. We need to admit we're lonely. Okay, so that's the first thing. Secondly, if we want to get rid of the illusion, if we want to get rid of the smoke and mirrors, how can we continue to take steps towards it? We need to get face-to-face or shoulder-to-shoulder. Again, if we actually want to take a step towards this and we want this gap to to just be smaller at least or try to remove it completely, we need to get face-to-face or shoulder-to-shoulder. Looking at Jesus, one of the very first things that we see Jesus do is intentionally seek out his friends. Like he very intentionally picks 12 guys to be his closest friends and there were three that were in his inner circle, Peter, James, and John. Now just to acknowledge this, Jesus is the savior of the world, okay? Like he's the savior of the world. He's fully God and he's fully man and yet even he being fully man, he needed friends. Being fully man, he needed deep, close relationships. One of my favorite memes, every time it comes up, (laughs) the biggest miracle Jesus ever pulled off was having 12 close friends in his 30s, right? 
That is a miracle. <laughs> it's like, okay, think, that's cool that you fed 5,000. That's pretty impressive, Jesus. Like, that's hard to pull off. Looking at Jesus, he intentionally sought out these relationships with these 12 guys. It was a priority to him. He was constantly eating with them face to face. He was constantly walking and talking with them shoulder to shoulder, working together shoulder to shoulder. Just to say it, if there's any part of you that doesn't think you need deep friendships, you are putting yourself higher than the son of God. Often we kind of think it as like a maybe humble or like, I'm, I'm kind of a guy, you know, my mom and dad, we didn't talk about our feelings, so I didn't talk about our feelings, and I'm, I'm a self-made person, so I don't need anybody, I'm an introvert, I kind of do my own thing. You're, you're putting yourself higher than Jesus. Your parties have to be awesome when you turn water into wine. I can't wait to see you do the walk on water thing as well. Insert sarcasm, right? We need to get face to face. How do we do this? Well, we can start by getting off our phone. I'm preaching to myself here. Yes, you can text. Yes, you can comment on your friend's Instagram post, but you need to get face-to-face. If your relationships are only online, it will be so hard for them to go very deep. Again, get face-to-face, and then when you're actually face-to-face, here's a crazy idea. Put your phone down and turn it off. Actually, more helpful, leave your phone in your car because if you're anything like me, and this is embarrassing to say because I'm a grown man, if, if you have your phone with you, even though you just turned it off, when your friend's talking without even thinking about it, you'll somehow turn your phone back on. It's called addiction right there. So leave it in the car. And then when you're with that person, look, look at them. And then listen to them. And then respond to them. And then talk, like just communicate with, with them. One of my new favorite things, and this is not a joke, is when my battery on my phone dies and I physically can't use it. There's like a mini like, a, like dance party going on. That is until I really need my phone and then I turn into a psychopath. Like it's like I actually need my phone right about Right about now. That was a joke, by the way. Okay. Get face-to-face. Friends, in order to do this, you have to make it a priority. You have, to, you have to protect your time with your friends. Schedule it. Instead of someday, actually put it on the calendar and protect it. And when your friends call, another crazy idea, answer the phone when it's your close friends. Once more, get face-to-face or like Jesus, you can also get shoulder-to-shoulder. I know for many of us, the thought of going and just talking with even our friends is terrifying. And that's totally okay. The idea of going to Starbucks and staring into each other's eyes with your BFF or your dude friend is just like, what are we gonna talk about? Okay, that's totally cool. Just do like Jesus. Get shoulder to shoulder with your guys. Get shoulder to shoulder with the women in your life. And work on something together. Serve together. Do a project together. Build something together. Go hunting together play sports together, work out together, and get shoulder to shoulder, face to face, or shoulder to shoulder. I can't stress this enough. It's all about being intentional. Like it's not enough just to admit that we're alone. We have to do something about it, but it doesn't stop here. So today, here's the third and final thing I want us to hear. If we want to get rid of the smoke and mirrors in our lives, we need to move past the surface. 
Again, if we want to begin to get rid of the illusion in our lives, if we want to get rid of the smoke and mirrors, we need to move past the surface. For all of you guys who about 40 seconds ago were really excited to get home and tell your wife about the sermon, like, hey, did you, did you hear the part about the pastor saying I need to go hunting with the guys, you know? Did you hear, like, I need to, like, golf more with the guys, like, need to spend time with the, the guys? To be so clear, this isn't just going to hang out with the guys more. No, it's moving past the surface together. It's about iron sharpened iron. It's about being coming stronger together. It's about becoming more like Jesus together. I'm just saying, if by hanging out with these guys, you're actually becoming a better version of yourself, a better man, a better husband, a more engaged father, I just have this bizarre feeling that your wife will want you to spend more time with these guys. The same is true with you women. With my wife, there are a certain group of women, a group of, of her girlfriends that I love any time that Beck hangs out with them. I'm encouraging them. I'm voluntarily saying, hey, I got the kids covered. Why? Because when she comes back, she's refreshed. She becomes, she becomes more of the woman that God's created her to be. She becomes a better version of herself. How do we move past the surface, though? Here's a scary word. You have to get vulnerable. You have to be vulnerable. If you want to get deeply connected, it's, it's not optional. You have to move past the surface and actually share how are you really doing. You got to talk about your feelings and your emotions. No kidding. Instead of just saying, I'm good, are you hurting? You got to say it. Are you grieving? You got to say it. Are you addicted? You got to say it. Are you overwhelmed and you're not sure why you're so angry all the time? You have to say it. Are you bitter? You need to say it. Are you struggling? Just whatever it is, you need to say it. This year in the Surgeon General report, it, it said this, frequently confiding in others reduces the odds of developing depression by 15%. Wow. Just by frequently confiding in others reduces the odds of developing depression by 15%. I thought that was striking. One step further than just confiding, though, I'd, I'd pray that you'd have the courage at the end of, of sharing with one another, that you'd have the courage to say, hey, can I pray for you? Or can I pray for us? You see, more than just close friendships with other people, God, he wants close friends that point us toward, towards him. He wants us to have close friends that remind us of who we are and who he is. Friends that remind us of the fact that even now, even in this hard place that we might be in, that God has a plan and a purpose for even this. Once again, we need deep friendships. And the truth is our friendships will only be so deep, even with longtime friends, if we don't move past the surface. But Adam, I've known this person for 20 years. But is it still an inch deep? We gotta move, we gotta move past the surface. Each year I try and do everything I can to go out to Colorado with a friend of mine named Brad Lominick. Brad has become one of my closest brothers. He invites a group of pastors and business leaders from all over the country uh, to come together for a few days. He does the same with, with women as well, invites a bunch of high-level ministry pastors, business women uh, to, to come as well. But 
uh, each time there's typically around 40 guys that are there. And the very first night that we're there, Brad just asks us to answer one simple question. The question, what is your current pain point in life? Super simple. Could be about work. It could be about like your career, your kids, your marriage, your family. What's your current pain point? And by the way, he only gives us about a minute, possibly two minutes to share because there's 40 of us and it'd take forever if we went, went long. And so, so each time we share, and every time we do this, every time I'm out in Colorado, I'm blown away by this first part because person after person, all these leaders, these, these, these pastors and high-level businessmen, they, they, they share all these, these heavy, heavy things. Again, I don't know most of them on that, on that first night and that they begin to share about their, their marriage struggle and like specific things. Like when I left, my, my, my wife told me when I was going to the airport that if I don't come back a different person, that she's leaving me. By the way, this is a pastor sharing it. People sharing about their kids. Yeah, this week we needed to hide all the knives in our house because we were worried about our son hurting himself. Guys sharing, I hate my job. Oh, and by the way, I work for myself. It's a company I started 20 years ago and has a whole bunch of employees. I hate it. I have no purpose. I feel like a programmed robot, a person without a soul. Again, each person just shares a minute. And here's what's crazy. After we're done, I feel more connected to a random group of strangers out in Colorado than I do with most of the people in my life. After sharing for 60 seconds. Well, this summer, I decided I wanted to try just a mini version of this here. And so one morning, I just invited a group of men, a handful of guys to Starbucks. There's probably like nine or 10 of us that showed up and I shared about Colorado. And then I, I just asked the question, what's your current pain point in life? And, and so I went first and I tried to share as candidly as I possibly could. I was actually embarrassed that I shared so honestly with them, but I just wanted it to open up and give the other guys permission to share. And so I shared and then the guy next to me kind of shared more, more, more surface level. And he, and he played it kind of safe, which is totally understandable. No, no, nothing bad about that at all. But I just kept kind of silently praying, God, would you just open these, the, the hearts of these men? Would you just give them permission to share? Just even here? Well, the, the next guy was a younger, super successful business guy, a guy who after a lot of hard work, hit it big at a young age. And so he shared his name. And then he just so super candidly said, he said, honestly, a lot of days, I just feel like a has-been. I just feel like a has-been. And I often think and wonder, like, like is, is my best days behind me? Like, like, who am I now? I don't even know who I am anymore. Like, am I a has-been? Just to verbalize it, it was the total opposite of how every man saw this individual. Most of the guys didn't know him personally, and yet they absolutely knew about him. And so it gets to the next guy, and the next guy is another business guy. And he, he, before he shares, he turns to the guy and he says, I just want you to know, we don't know each other personally, but in my eyes, you are the furthest thing from being a has-been. You just tell him that guy heard it. It just ministered to him to hear it from a complete stranger, just to hear it. Here's what's even cooler, a minute or so later, 
the guy right next to me who kind of shared more surface level, he actually interrupted the conversation and he said, can I have a do-over with the question? Can I answer the question again? He didn't say this. I kind of gave you the fluff, save soft answer. Can I actually tell you what's going on? And seeing someone else, even a stranger, move past the surface, the deepest part of this person next to me wanted to move past the surface as well. I just got to ask, does anyone want this? We're desperate for it. Desperate. Does anyone want to know that they're not alone? Anyone tired of, of trying to hold it all together to just kind of pull it all in and you feel like you're just going to break and you've broke a whole lot of times when no one's been there, but sometimes you just kind of like feel like you're losing your mind. Friends, more than want, just to remind you, this isn't for me. You need it. You're, you're actually more than the physical. At funerals, we, we realize that really, really clear. There's actually something more going on here. Like, it's actually not just the person. God, when he created us, he created us, and he made us in his image, and he said it was good. And then it's, he said to us, it is not good. I know how I, how I made you. Like, I, I, don't, I don't have to look at the operation instruction manual. It's not good for you for humans, for how I've wired you to be alone. So how do we get rid of the smoke and mirrors? How do we begin to move past the illusion? What well, starts by admitting you're lonely. Another step, it's getting face-to-face or shoulder-to-shoulder. Another step, it's moving past the surface. God's hope, he wants us to get rid of the illusions. He wants us to get rid of the smoke and mirrors. He wants us to live in, in reality and in deep friendships with others. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we come before you thankful for who you are. Thankful that even you, Jesus, you say you no longer call us servant or slave. Instead, now you call us friend. And friendship is so permeated throughout the New Testament that it's rarely talked about because it's just assumed. Of course, you follow Jesus. You need deep, close relationships. We're not even going to talk about it because everybody knows it. It's how we're wired. Lord, we need it. And so, God, I pray for my, my, my sisters and my brothers that this week you would give us the courage to have an honest conversation with ourselves and you and maybe to admit, Lord, I'm lonely right now. And then we do something about it. I got sports with the kids and I got this over that. I don't really need it. No, actually, it's not optional. It's like oxygen for your lungs. Like you're going to hold your breath at Little League Baseball all week? No, you need it. And so God, would you just help us to get shoulder to shoulder, get face to face, and then would you give us the courage to move past the surface? Lord, I'm so thankful for who you are. We're a work in progress, and you, we're so grateful for your grace, but would you just give us, again, the courage to, to take these steps towards the person you've wired us and created us to be. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If today's message encouraged you, or if there's someone who comes to mind that you think might need to hear today's message, take a moment now to share it with them. 